0: Hello, church family. Today I want to share with you a lesson from Luke. First humble shepherds were blinded by angels. The angels said, glory to God in the highest, peace on earth, goodwill towards men. They were announcing the birth of Jesus. The shepherds went to find Jesus. They found him in the manger. They fell to their knees and bowed to worship him. Then the shepherds told everyone they met on the way back to their flocks about him. Not angels, but my mom and dad told me about Jesus. I was seven when I accepted Jesus. I told my dad I wanted to be baptized. Now I should share Jesus with everyone just like the shepherds. That is how it works. Someone tells us about Jesus, we meet Jesus, we tell others about Jesus. Let's be like the shepherds and angels. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for this blessing of Christmas, all the things that it reminds us of. Reminds us of the promise that just as you came the first time, we can trust the promise that you will come a second time. It reminds us that in this dark world, it is only your light that can truly give us hope. It is only your light that can truly overcome darkness. And this season also reminds us that that light is not just for those within this room, but for all mankind. We thank you, Jesus. Amen. Indeed, we should be like the angels and the shepherds. But not simply by being witnesses, but in the way in which they witnessed. There are a few things that communicate uh, your value Or the value that someone has uh, in your life, the love that you have for someone, more than simply the practice of showing up, of going to that person in the midst of their joy, in the midst of their pain, in the midst of their challenge. Going there, to that place, wherever that may be. My parents modeled this to me well when I was a kid growing up. Uh, I remember many times us being put into a car, driving for hours on end to show up at a wedding or a funeral of some uh, person that was maybe a, a student of my dad's or, or a family member, and they would we would show up and we would go to the wedding. Sometimes we'd barely even say a word to the individual, but then we'd get back in our car and we'd drive all the way back. Why? Because the going showed them that we cared Romans chapter 5 and verse 6 tells us this for while we were still sinners while we were still weak at the right time Christ died for the ungodly not my favorite version but once in a while there's a there's a way that the new uh, living translation renders a text that that strikes me and and in Romans chapter 5 and verse 6 is just such a text Uh, Romans chapter five verse six is rendered this way in the New Living Translation: When we were utterly helpless, Christ came to us at just the right time, and He died for us sinners. Christ came to us to where we are. It is not just what Jesus did for us; He came here to do it. John chapter one, verse eleven: He came to His own. The Bible tells us. There is something, though, that that communicates value when someone shows up. It's not just about Christ coming and dying for us. Christ dying for us, of course, communicates our value and communicates his love for us. But But it's also the reality that he actually came to this earth. He came to where we are living. It shows his love, his value. He came to meet with us. Face to face, there is something that communicates value when someone just shows up. All over Israel, there was a chosen blindness at the time. There was a a chosen uh, 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 blindness to to the Messiah. I say a chosen blindness because the prophecies had had given very clear indications of when. Jesus would be coming, when they should be watching for this Messiah. But Israel was sleeping. They were, they were blind to what was happening around them. They knew the prophecies and yet they chose to, to sleep in the midst of those prophecies. But yet, still in spite of that, in, in spite of their, their chosen blindness, in cho- spite of their, their, their chosen ignorance, Jesus still chose to come to us, to go to them. And when Jesus came, of course, he came as a baby, and so he needed assistance in this coming. So Jesus not only came himself, but also he brought with him allegiance legions of angels to announce his arrival. We are in this building today to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. We are in this building today to celebrate our Savior, Jesus Christ. And yet when Jesus came to this earth, people didn't have to go to a church to learn that Jesus Christ had come. In fact, they were in their workplace. The shepherds were working in the fields, and someone was sent to them. The angels were sent to them. If you open your Bibles to the book of Luke, chapter 2, Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 8, from which Dayton was referencing. And that sermon, by the way, that Dayton referenced, our new children's and middle school pastor, Lerone Carson. She uh, had them do a little church service in the Sabbath school last week, and Dayton wrote that. And I thought, well, that's what I wanted to preach on this week, so I'm just going to have him come up and start my sermon off. Because I know for a fact that if you tune me out, you at least heard him. Because when a kid gets up front to do something, we all pay attention. And so, at least you heard him. Luke chapter 2 and verse 8. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field. They were working... and the baby lying in a manger. God sent his angels to the people to announce the good news. He didn't wait for the people to figure out where he was at. He didn't wait for the people to come out of their stupor. He didn't wait for Jesus to grow up and perfect his talking points for his messages. He sent angels to the people where they were in their workplace to announce the good news. Why? Because when you care about someone, you go to where they are at. If you are here today, I would say this, that even if the church has not gone to you, Jesus has gone to you through the Holy Spirit, through conviction, because he loves us. The shepherds were moved, the Bible tells us, and they immediately went to see Jesus. They went with haste, the Bible says, to find Jesus. And then in verse 17, when they had seen Jesus, they spread the word concerning what they had been told about this child. They saw Jesus, they worshiped him, and then the Bible tells us that they left that place in which they had met Jesus. They left that place in which they had heard about Jesus. They left that place in which they had connected with Jesus, and they did what? They went and they shared, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child. And the Bible continues on. The Bible tells us, going further on. And the shepherds returned, verse 20, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. They heard about Jesus. Someone went to them and told them about Jesus. And then they, they came and they met Jesus and they, they had a, a worship service of sorts in the manger and they worshiped Jesus there in the glory of his presence. But they did not stay there. They did not say, okay, well that was a great worship. Now let's go back about our normal lives. No, the Bible tells us that they spread the word of Jesus. There seems to be an indication through the text that, that there is a going back. Where are they going back to? They're going back to their work. And in the process of going back to their everyday, normal lives, something has changed. So now they are sharing Jesus with others. They went from the place they met Jesus, and then they went and told others about the Jesus they had met. They went. Jesus said in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, and it's one of my favorite texts, and you've heard me quote it before, to his disciples just before he left the earth the first time, He said in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria. And then where does it say? And to what? And to the ends of the earth. Now Jesus said this to a group of individuals, men and women, who lived in one basic region. In fact, they probably lived in in, in one city you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. They say, okay, well, we're familiar with Jerusalem. We live there, we, we hang out there, we're comfortable with that. Judea, okay, we've, of course, we're familiar with the region. Some of us have been outside of Jerusalem and we're familiar with the Judean countryside. Samaria, wait a second, we don't really like them. Why are we going to them? And then Jesus said to the ends of the earth. And maybe it dawned upon them, oh, Jesus expects us to go. Jesus expects us to leave this place and to go, which makes total sense because Jesus went from heaven, came from heaven to us. Jesus' method was not waiting on you or waiting on me. Jesus' method has never been waiting on you or waiting on me. Jesus is always coming to us. Us. That is the God that we serve and we honor today. Not a God who waits on you, but a God who goes to where you are at. Not just for the sake of sharing his message, but because he wants you to know that he loves you and he cares about you. And he knows that someone going, someone coming to where we are is a sign of love and care Jesus went from heaven, came from heaven to us. The angels came from heaven to the shepherds. The shepherds went from the manger out to tell the people what they had seen and heard, which makes total sense because a God of love always chooses the method in which the most love will be displayed. The God of love always chooses the method in which the most love will be displayed and love is displayed when someone goes to another place in person, when someone goes to that place to tell someone else about Jesus. I was living in Southern California with my sister one summer many, many years ago. We were, uh, uh, I was in college and I was on a, the summer break and I was, volunteering at a church there in Southern California. And Christina and I were newly dating. We had only been dating probably about about three months. And she had come out to Southern California for a wedding, Lisa Christensen and Brent Harding's wedding, to be precise, some of you know those individuals who are members of our church. And she decided before going to the wedding that she would stop and see me for a couple days, which I appreciated, of course, as her boyfriend. And so she came and she stayed with my sister and I uh, those couple days. And then she left to go over to the wedding. At some point, I don't know if it was through an email or a recording on our answering machine. To the young people in here, the answering machine was this box that a phone was connected to. And people spoke into it. It's a nice way to screen calls. You guys remember that? You could hear that voice. You rewind it. Go back. Hear it again. So I don't know if it was through email or through an answer machine. We didn't have cell phones. There were cell phones invented, although we didn't really have text messaging at the time. But, but, but neither Christina and I had cell phones. But, but, but I'm not sure if it was the answer machine or the email. But somehow I got the message from Christina that when she had left, uh, uh, I hope it wasn't because she left in such a hurry to get away from me, but when she had left, she had left her makeup and her hair stuff and some other things there at the the house. And in her message she said, if you could get these and you could send them to my parents' house, I would appreciate it. That was the message. So I got the stuff together, and you know what I did? I immediately, with haste, got into my car with the hair stuff and the makeup stuff and the other stuff that she had forgotten, and started to drive, I was going to where she was. Why, because when you go to someone, it communicates value, communicates love, it communicates you care. Now I didn't drive across the country, I have actually done that for my wife before, but I didn't drive across country, but where Christina was in Southern California, she was in Redlands, and where I was in Southern California, Camarillo, California, is about two hours and 15 minutes away from each other, if you don't have any traffic or things like that. Now some of you are laughing because you've been to Southern California and you know that there is almost never a time that you don't have traffic or things like that. My wife's friend recently came back from Southern California at at Shady Grove Hospital and they were talking and the lady said to her, I don't know why anyone in Maryland ever complains about traffic. That's how bad it is in the LA basin at times. From 2 p.m. to 9 p.m. is rush hour traffic. 2 p.m. to 9 p.m. is rush hour traffic. And from 5 a.m. to 9.30, 10 a.m. you are in traffic. So basically 11 hours, most of your waking hours, there is some sort of traffic there in Southern California. But I was going and I got in my car and I began to drive to Redlands, California. I actually had printed off directions, uh, young people, there was these things, we had MapQuest and we had to go and we had to print off paper that had the directions on it because we didn't have a GPS or, or our cell phones to, to guide us along the way. But we, I printed off directions, I got uh, Lisa's address out of out of the Joker, if you went to Southern, the Joker was the... The pictorial directory, you know, that you got at the beginning of the year, and you look through to see which girls you wanted to ask out, you know. And the girls look through to see which guys they wanted to ask. So a guy calls, I trust me, all the girls opened up their thing real quick to look who was that that was calling. The girls don't like to admit that, but that was the case, I'm sure. But I got the Joker out, I had the Joker with me, and so I got a, I found Lisa's address, I put in the directions, I got printed out the directions, and I began to drive to Redlands. Now when I got to the house, to Lisa's house, Christina and none of the other girls were there, but I found out where they were. Now I could have just left the stuff there, right? I could have just left the makeup and the, the hair stuff and the, and, and the clothes stuff that she had left at, at, at my sister's house. I could have just left it there with them, but, but I wanted to give it to her personally. Why? Because that showed what? Value. It showed that I cared. And maybe because I wanted a kiss too for all that drive. But I went and I found Christina. Somehow we connected. I found out where they were and somehow we connected. And Christina, I still remember it to this day. She got out of the minivan that she was in there on, I think we were on even on just the side of the road or sitting in a parking lot somewhere. And I gave her her stuff. She was so surprised that I had driven it over. She was so pleased that I had driven it over and so appreciated that I had driven all that way. So I definitely got that kiss as I gave her that stuff. But the going, me coming to her, meant something to her. It communicated value. I was with her about three minutes total, folks, as I gave her these things. I got back in my car and I drove back through Southern California traffic to my sister's house over in Camarillo. Why, because going is an act of love. Going shows that we really, truly care. So yes, Dayton, you were right. We need to be like the angels. We need to be like the shepherds. We need to be like Jesus, because that is how it works. Someone comes to us and tells us about Jesus. We go and meet Jesus, and then we go and tell others about Jesus. Over the last two years within this church, as many of you know, we've been working on building a culture of warmth here at this church. I praise the Lord for our HIS teams. This morning I saw them out with their umbrellas in the rain. I was so proud of our HIS team last week. Many of you missed last week because you were were nervous about leaving your houses, which is okay, the ice. But man, you know who did show up? Our, his team. And I was so proud of them out here, and not just inside, they didn't just huddle in here, they were out in the ice of the parking lot, helping people to make sure they didn't slip. It's really proud of them. But we've been trying to build a culture of warmth here at this church. We've been working on building a culture of evangelism, but it's primarily been the type of come to us, come to us type of evangelism. In 2017, it's time to expand that culture and go. Yes, we wanna bring people here eventually, but we need to go. And I wanna know from this congregation, from us, if I can get any witnesses to go. Anyone that will go because you care. Go because Jesus came for you. Christmas reminds us of all kinds of things. Christmas is such a high time. The church is more full at Christmas than any other time because people love to come and and sing the Christmas songs and hear the story of Jesus. But if it stops here, then we're not really fulfilling the mission of Jesus' birth, which was ultimately to go. To go. Go because you love Jesus, and you know that he loves those that need to hear the story of Christmas as well. We are warm here. Now it is time for us to be warm out there as well. To be the angels that came to the shepherds in their workplace. To be the shepherds that while they were headed to work, paused to share Jesus with others. To be Jesus for someone out there. I wanna invite you to pull out your connection cards now if you would. In your bulletins, you received a connection card. And in those connection cards, on the back of the connection card, there's a box, our response today. I was going to talk to you all about this in 2017. I was going to talk to you about this in the first few weeks of 2017. But since, as was mentioned, and I want to thank uh, uh, Bill and Peter for coming up and laying hands on me and praying for me. I appreciate it very much. I appreciate the prayers of all of you. But as they mentioned, I'm having surgery coming up and I appreciate your prayers. The surgery is not the most dangerous part, although my wife may disagree with you. She says I don't have a great airway. The most dangerous part is the between now and the surgery. So pray I don't slip. No one run into me as we're leaving the church today. And, uh, and pray that um, my four-year-old doesn't jump on my back too hard. But because I'm not going to be here in early 2017, I wanna make sure though that we are all committed to our mission in 2017, which is to go and to reach others. We've done a good job of having the events here and doing some things here, but let us go. And so there on your connection card, I believe it says in the first one, uh, I commit to memorizing Acts chapter one and verse eight. And I would encourage you to put your name in there and make some substitutes to to that text in Acts chapter one, verse eight, as you memorize it is a very easy text To memorize, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and then you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Put your name in there, whatever your name is for me. Chad, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and Chad, you will be my witness in Burtonsville, and Spencerville and Silver Spring, and Montgomery County, and for some of us, maybe even to the ends of the earth. Maybe God this year has a mission for you even beyond what you can even imagine don't write that off. So let's memorize that and put that in our hearts as we go throughout our, our days. Now I believe the second one says, in 2017, by the grace of God, I will lead someone to Jesus. Now don't say no immediately. Don't write it off immediately. Remember I said by the grace of God. It's not by your might nor by your strength, but by God's spirit that we can do this. By the grace of God, that God will use you to lead someone to him, to a relationship with With him. Folks, those of you that know Jesus deep in your heart, those of you that know Jesus personally, you know that this is the greatest gift that you can give to anybody. I mean, there is nothing like it. My life was transformed the day I met Jesus and nothing has ever been the same. Even going through this, I haven't. people ask me, are you worried about surgery? I haven't been worried at all. Man, I have, I have hundreds of people wrote me, 300 people on Facebook wrote me and told me they're praying for me. I believe every one of them that they really are praying. Before I met Jesus, I wouldn't have even thought to ask for prayer. But Jesus does something. He changes things. He gives us a peace. In this world, there is people that are in desperate need of that peace. So resolve that you will help to lead someone to Jesus in 2017. And then the last one I believe says in 2017, again, by the grace of God, I will take every opportunity to share with others, just as the shepherds did on their way back to their flocks, to share with others the hope that I have in Jesus Christ. Let's make 2017 a year like never before. Not because we are mighty or because we are great, but because we have joined the angels in declaring the good news of Jesus Christ, his birth, his life, his death, his resurrection, and his soon coming. Let us not wait for them to come to us. Let us not mail the makeup or the hair supplies, but let us with haste go to the people because we love Jesus and we know they love him, them, and therefore we love them too. Let us pray. Jesus, we thank you for your grace and your mercy towards us. We thank you for what you're doing in our midst. But Lord, may what happens in our midst spread far beyond these walls through each and every person here. Lord, may we resolve to be a witness for you in 2017 like never before. Use each and every one of us, Jesus, to lead a heart to you, knowing that their life will be better that their life will be more filled with joy and peace because of your presence. Jesus, and I pray, even now there may be someone in here that don't have that connection to you, Jesus. I pray that someone will go to them. Yes, they may be here, Lord, but they still need someone to go to them, to tell them that Jesus loves them, to tell them that Jesus died for them to tell that Jesus forgives them of all their sins and he accepts them as they are. Lord Jesus, may we go with that grace and even now come into the hearts of the people in this room. In your name we pray, amen.